I must tell Jesus. Lord, that's where prayer comes in. You know, that's how we talk to our Heavenly Father is through prayer. And, you know, and it ain't nothing we got to be good at. <laughs> you know, we can be the worst of worst prayers. Brother Clarence, I've always considered you to be one of the best prayers I've ever heard. I even made a statement one time, uh, I think to Brother Tim Inkebarger, if anybody I wanted to pray for me would be Clarence Lynch. Because for some reason or other, it like he had a connect line to heaven, if you know what I mean. And I still believe that today. And, you know, and he, and he left that on my heart for the very reason of this, because he does. And, and, and it ain't nothing more better than a godly man praying for you. Because I'll tell you, you want whoever's closest to the Lord to, to stand in as your intercessor when, when you need to talk to our Heavenly Father. So uh, uh, there's nothing hard about talking to our Heavenly Father and, and just letting Him know just uh, how we feel. I must tell Jesus, all of my trials, you know, all of our bad things and good things that's going on in our life, that's what He would require us to do. Just tell me. I'm here to carry your burdens. And, and I even sent my son there to, to help carry those burdens for me. Anybody got anything on the heart they want to do this morning, sing, testimony before we get into this morning's message? Uh, the Lord has led me this morning, Brother Chris, and you've already got this, but uh, I'll go ahead and say it, that way make it official. Uh, we're going to be in the uh, fifth chapter of the book of 2 Corinthians, if we, if we will. Uh, uh, we're going to be looking at what the Apostle Paul was writing to the church of Corinth uh, uh, here this day, uh, knowing that that same letter that he wrote to them uh, uh, consists of the letter that he would have wrote to us if indeed he would be in, in, in today's time and, and how he'd want his church and, and how he'd want the people, God's people, to look upon how they would need to recognize and, and look at their own life. Uh, we're going to be beginning in, in, in chapter number 5 and verse number 1, reading probably the first nine verses. So if you would, stand in reading of reverence of God's Word if you're able. Uh, uh, Lord, what a blessing it is to be able to do that. And just nothing else to show him how much we still honor his, his precious Word. So in the fifth chapter of the book of 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul writes this to the church of Corinth. He says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle was dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, but eternal in heavens. For in this we groan and earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon the mortality might be swallowed up in life. Now he that hath wrought us from the self-same self thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Father, thank you for the reading of your scripture. I pray, Lord, we can take this and, and, and use it to live our lives uh, uh, and how we should serve you in all that we do. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The title of this message this morning that the Lord's put on my heart is simply this. Are we confident? 
So I ask everybody here this morning, uh, if you are put it point blank here today, uh, are you confident of of where you're going when you leave this old world. And, 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 and I didn't know he was going to be here this morning, Sean, uh, but it, it relates right to what Sean would ask you directly. Uh, if you do us to die here tonight, do you know where you would go? Because here's something we, you can guarantee and you can take to the bank. One of these days, we're going to leave this old world. Some may leave earlier than others, uh, but some may live a long, uh, led life. Uh, but I promise you, both people are going to leave this world one of these days. We're not going to get out of this world without dying. If, if you can, I don't want to know it because I tell you what, when the old Lord's done with my old body, it's so earthly tabernacle, as, as, brother, as Apostle Paul calls it, I'm ready to go home. So I want to ask you this morning, are you confident in where you stand in your relationship with your heavenly Father? Now, Scripture tells us simply this. If we accept His Son as our Lord and Savior and we confess with our mouth that He died and on the third day He arose from the grave and He paid the price for our sins and we repent, we can be saved. But are we confident that that's good enough? Do you think that God in heaven is okay with just fulfilling those promises uh, and that's enough. Uh, I dare, I hope, I hope and pray that it's not. Uh, if so, uh, uh, would we be wasting our time for doing what we're doing? Listen, we try to live a godly life in all that we do. We try to live right. We try to be a better person. Uh, we, we try to try to do things in a godly and Christian way that God wants to live. But are you confident here this morning uh, that we're doing enough? Uh, let me tell you, uh, it, it takes me back to where, uh, look at it as a club, if you would. You know, back in, say, 1970, and I'll, I'll take us back a few years if I can, uh, years ago when, when you would try out for any kind of sports in school, uh, basketball, football, or whatever it is that you, that you tried out for, and you weren't good enough, uh, it was pretty plain, my mom, that you didn't make the team. And that was just the way it was. That was the disappointments of life, but, that, but you weren't good enough to, to, to be on the team, if you would. Uh, so uh, it's a little bit different in today's world. Uh, everybody that tries out gets a trophy. You might as well say it. Uh, everybody makes a team. And they do it because they don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Uh, well, that would be like going to church and, and, and not really confessing that, that, that you've been saved by the marvelous grace of God, but thinking that, well, I'm going to church, I can go to heaven, and that's good enough. See, somewhere along the way, we've got to understand that there's a disappointment in life that we've got to expect if we don't do what our Heavenly Father accepts of us. Because if he expects us to, to live our life in a Christian way and, and walk a Christian walk, uh, that's what he wants us to do. He just don't want us to make the team. My goodness, anybody can make a team. And at the end of the season, we get us a trophy and you get a pat on the back and say, oh, you done good this year. Knowing good and well that he stunk and he wasn't no good. Couldn't play that if he had to do. But still, he gets a trophy the same as everybody else. Let me tell you something. It is God's desire that we try our utmost best and we strive in our Christian walk of life that we can live and be a better Christian than those who sat before us. Because let me tell you something, we're in a lost and dying world, church, whether you know it or not. It is what it is, and I don't know if there's turning back times or not, but this old earthly tabernacle is going to go away one of these days, and what I've got forthcoming is so precious I can't hardly wait. And my question is, are you confident that that, that, that body is waiting for you when you leave this world. I pray that we don't take for granted what God done for us because we do. Uh, do, we, do we really sit back and, and look at what he 
truly done for us. Uh, we study in our Sunday school lessons uh, uh, how, how God's wrath fell down on people that didn't live the life how they should be doing and, and how disappointing that he was that, that, that how people were living under false prophets and false teachers and false preachers and listened to false doctrines and it wasn't God's way knowing good and well how they should live their life but yet they were still listening to other people that, that was tickling their ears and brother Sean that's where our world's come to today brother I hate to tell you this but the tickling of ears has become more promising today than it was 25 years ago and, and here's something you can put, take to the bank in 25 more years it'll be even more popular than it is it seems like people just want you to want you just to preach to them and they want to hear what you what they want to hear and they don't want to hear about the bad things they don't want to hear about those who passed away last night and didn't, don't, don't think he was saved and he wasn't going to heaven and he wasn't going to be in the same place where I'm going to be let me tell you something they need to hear them things they need to understand that everybody don't make the team if you don't repent your sins and confess with your mouth that you believe in Christ Jesus here this morning and if you don't do that I've got sad news for you there's no trophy for you today there's nothing at the end of the day you're not going to get a pendant or a little medallion there's nothing there for you the only thing you're going to get is a burning desire of hell waiting for you Everybody, everybody can't make the team, Brother Gene. And, 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 you know, I wished everybody could, but somewhere along the way, there's got to be a standard on how we should live our lives. They should be. They, they should be. Because I tell you what, we've become okay with being okay. We don't know what okay is no more. We don't know the difference between right and wrong. We barely know how to get back and forth to church every Sunday morning. The world today has become okay with being Sunday morning Christians. And that's enough. They figure, well, if I go Sunday morning, there ain't no need to go any other time. I, God forbid the church needs you. And I got one better than that. You need a church. Because, like I said, it's a whole lot easier to get out of church than it is get into church. In our society today, because the way these last two years have, have sort of taken shape, it's sort of reshaped our, our congregation and our church life. It's changed everything that we've looked at. We thought we was going to be okay when we was doing parking lot service. People were coming to the parking lot service, and they were still coming to church. But for some reason, something happened. It went to heck in a hat basket, you know what I mean, Brother Dean. These people that were coming to the parking lot services, they figured, well, I don't think I'll go inside them for a while because I'll just be honest with you I might fall under a little bit of conviction and God forbid I fall under conviction because I'm not living that kind of life. Well guess what if you're falling under conviction you better know dang well you're living that sort of life because that's the way you're living your life and if you're not being convicted you don't know God in heaven I expect him to correct me when I'm wrong. I expect him to show me the way that I need to be living my life because if he don't he ain't got nothing for me no more. So are you confident here this morning, church? Have you done enough to get to heaven? The Apostle Paul was writing to the church of Corinth. Listen. He says, listen, you need to be ye confident that we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, let me tell you something. People today ain't even got no faith. So how do you expect them to walk when they ain't got no faith? They don't believe in this thing that we call Scripture anymore. And I know we seem like we preach on this a lot, but that's just how God's got our hearts. I'm not just going to stand up here and tickle your ears and tell you the way it's so worlds are going, the way it's a turning these days, that it's okay because in my eyes it's not okay. 
Now, am I a wrong pastor? Well, I'll find out one of these days when, when I get before him on judgment day, he'll let me know whether I was right or wrong. He'll, he'll say, well done, my child, or he'll say, not well done, my son. This is the way it's going to be. He tells us that when his earthly tabernacle is dissolved, we have a building of God. In other words, we can't, we've, got, we've got heaven that's our reward. And we'll be reunited with a glorified body. That's just, that's just the way it is. That's what Scripture teaches us, that the, that the dead in Christ will rise first and then we'll, we'll go right after them and we'll all be reunited in a glorified body. And we all know here today that's what we're waiting for because I'll tell you what, Tony, uh, this old body, I'm like you. I don't want to take this to heaven with me. It's, it's barely getting me through to the point where it's going to get me to the finish line down here. Let alone do I need to put an extended warranty on it when I get to heaven. I don't need that to happen, Dean. I need a brand new one. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want one of them electric bodies because I get up there in an old snowstorm and I get stranded for two or three days. I ain't going to have no heat. I'm going to be sitting out there on the interstate froze to death while Joe Blow over here sitting over his little old Honda and, he, and his motors are running and he's burning up he's over wiping sweat and I'm sitting over freezing my cat off I don't want that body when I get to heaven I want the one that's going to last and it's going to prosper well let's go back before we get there wouldn't you want the same body here on earth that we could prosper in everything that we do that we should not take advantage or for granted for what God's given us here. Listen, we're creating God's image. Yeah. And he don't, well, you believe it or not, the, some of these people that's having these old sex changes and stuff, they think that God had made a mistake. Well, I've got news for you. <laughs> oh, Lord. You've been reading them once a ton of time books way too much because that ain't nothing true about that. God don't make mistakes, and there's none to be made. So what? Your life ain't like so-and-so's, or you don't look like so-and-so. That's okay. That's what God wanted. But let me tell you something. It is not God's will that we change His will because His will is ever so prosperous, and our will don't mean nothing in the eyes of God. Whether you agree with your body or not, listen, this is what we're given. Would I, would I like to have a different body? Well, it'd be okay. But the, this is what I've got. Deal with it, brother. You don't get, to, you don't, you don't get no better than this, Brother Shaw. It used to be a little bit better. I didn't, my aches and pain wasn't quite as bad. I'm sure if you asked Marie or Hope back there and back years ago, they didn't have as many as hurts as they got today. But that's okay. They know that they're still here in God's house and they're still serving God in a way that he would have them to serve. And it don't matter what kind of shape your body's in. Right here's what he's looking at. Your heart. And if he sees your heart, what does it matter? We talked about this morning how, how people would sell, their, uh, would sell their soul to gain the earth. But what does it profit a man to sell your soul and, 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 and get the whole earth? It don't mean nothing. But people are doing it today right and left. They are. There's the, we talked about how our churches are being okay with things that's not okay anymore. Things of old aren't things of old no more. They're the future. And we're okay with the future because that's where we're going. He says, in the third verse, it says, If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, and we do. 
We groan all the time. And it's because of, as it says, being burdened with all the burdens that, that God knew we were going to go through before we even before we even come into this world. He knew the burdens that, that, that Sister Carlin was going to go through or, or Jean or whoever's here today. He knew our burdens that we was going to go through. It's nothing new to him. But he knows that our reward is simply this. He gives us something to look forward to. But he gives us also the opportunity to accept his son, Christ Jesus, as our personal Lord and Savior to be able to get that, uh, that, that earthly body, if we would, uh, to throw it away and be able to gather a heavenly body. He knows that's our reward if we'll just do what he requires us to do. He says, he says that, therefore, we are always confident knowing that while we're home in this body, we're absent from the Lord. There's no more truth than that. While we're here today, man, woman, child, don't matter who you are, we are yet to be in the presence of the Lord. But see, what we're doing is we're sowing seeds. And I hope and pray that we're sowing them for everybody, but if nothing else, we're sowing them for ourselves. We're sort of making sure that, that when it comes harvest time, we're there to be harvested, amen? And that we're not out here somewhere in the field uh, uh, going to get uh, looked over. That's what Scripture tells us. He'll, he'll take one from the field and he'll leave another one. He'll take the saved one, but he won't take the one that's unsaved. He'll separate the wheat from the chaff, if you would. And that's just how he says it. That's how Jesus described in parables when he's trying to people, get people to understand. Listen, I speak to you in parables so you'll understand. And it's as simple as this. When you separate the chaff from the wheat, you got to understand that's what my heavenly Father is going to do when he calls us all to heaven. Those who believe, praise be to God, we're heaven bound. We're going to be in his presence one of these days. But those who don't believe they're going to be left behind they're not going to be chosen and they're going to spend eternity in hell where's that at I don't know I ain't got no plans of going there not done a lot of research on that don't know if it's going to be here on this earth and, and be with all the, the misery and evil that's going to be left behind or there's another place that he's going to send us to nevertheless I can promise you this I will not be there don't look for me I'm not going to be there <coughs> and I pray that you don't recognize anybody that is going there. It's our desire that everybody comes and be saved by the marvelous grace of God. That's God's desire, that I would come from know Him, from, from just know His Son from the free pardon of sin. That's His desire that we know that, not because it's just something they wanted to write down and something would be good to say at this time, but it's His desire, that's His wishes that we do that. But we got to go through this earth to get through our reward. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Simply put, faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. We all know that. Faith is the five-letter word. Yeah, five-letter words. <laughs> Got to make sure that's right. <laughs> that we live our life by. Because without them five letters, we have no hope. And ain't that what it all boils down to is our hope? And not so much for ourselves, but for our fellow man and lady and woman and and our children, I hope that one day we'll all receive this reward. Because he says here again in the eighth verses, because we're confident. And I say to you, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Listen, he tells us in First John, writes that, and this is the confidence that we have in him. So all got to do with the confidence. Paul had confidence in the church that, that it, 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 if they would just live their life the way he was trying to teach them, uh, they could serve their Heavenly Father in a way that needed to be served. 
So John Wright says, and this is a confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he'll hear us. Anything. Not special things that you hold back on to think, well, you know, I think I'd better go to Mass this week because I've got a feeling I'm going to sin coming Friday. So I better go to Mass just to make sure I'm forgiven of that sin. All you got to do is pray to God in heaven. That's all you got to do. Say, listen, Lord, forgive me because I've, I've failed you. And I know I have, but you're a merciful God. And you know that this old carnal body that, that we possess here on this earth, we're going to do them things. But it is our duty as your children and, and as your creation that we do our utmost best and, and live our life for you. That's all we can do to give God glory here on this earth. And may others see Christ through you. Because if people's not seeing Christ through you, something's wrong. He tells us, if my gospel is hid, it is hid to those who are lost. Amen. If our gospel here today, church, is hid, and we're not reaching out to a lost and dying world, there's something wrong somewhere between here and there. There's, some, there's a lot of interference right here. There's a, there's a ground in, our, in one of our wires, if you know what I mean. And our unit ain't running like it needs to be. Let me tell you something. We have got to do the, the best that we can do to be able to come together as one when we reach heaven. What we're doing here today, church, is no different than they did gener generations before us. Uh, we preach the gospel. We tell you about God in heaven. We tell you what he did for us, and we tell you what his reward is for you if you'll live your life through him. Simple. But if you're looking at it as a team and, and you're, you're only going there because mom and dad's got something to do and they ain't got time to fool we, so they're going to let you go out there and try out for the team and I'll let so-and-so take care of them for so many hours a week because they'll do that. That's what he's come to, Brother Tony. And, and at the end, of the end of the season, you'll get a trophy and everybody's happy and, and everybody, that ain't what this is about. God expects us to earn our place in heaven. I believe that. I really believe that. And praise God, he's made it so easy for us to do. But for those that he's made it so easy for, they still ain't getting it. And those who's got it, we need to do better in trying to do more for him. We've got to strive to do what God would have us to be. Good enough just ain't good enough for us. And it's not. It shouldn't be. And I don't think it is for any of us in here this morning. There's, good enough is not good enough for any of us in here. I think we all strive to do better in our everyday walk of life and to serve God in heaven. That was evident back when, back in, during Christmas time when we delivered in fruit baskets to people. We strive just a little bit to make an impression on those who, who feel like we could touch their heart. And praise be to God, it did. It did. And that's because we, we wouldn't be in a, a carnal person out here that didn't care about nothing, but we were in the house of God knowing that, that, that if we just show a little love, it'll go a long, long way. And ain't that what this is all about? Is our hope, our faith, and our love. The three ingredients to Christ. It's, it's, listen, if I was baking the cake, I'd, I'd already have it whipped. I, I know what the ingredients is. All I got to do is mix them all together. 
Listen, church, if you want to accept Christ into your life, all you got to do is have him three ingredients. If you've got faith enough to believe that Christ died for the cross on for our, for our sins, that's one step already taken. And if you've got hope that one day he's going to come back and he's going to take home his church one of these days, I believe that. I hope one day, if I'm not here, he's merciful on those who's left behind. And then you've got to have, oh, you oh, you got to have the love. You gotta have the love because if it's not coming from the heart, the soul don't mean nothing. Don't mean nothing. There is nothing no more godlier than a loving church that will love on your neck. And when you're sick, people call on you and just let you know that you care for them. If you're in a hospital, people go see you. Isn't that picture different today, church? When's the last time you went and visited somebody in the hospital? Now, I ain't got till dark tonight, so you better come up with a quick answer. Been a long time, ain't it? Sean, I used to love to do that so much. And now they got to where you can't even go to the hospital and visit nobody. Now, who do you think's behind that? Old devil himself. Don't you think he ain't sitting back our life in his rear end off knowing that, that, that godly people can't go visit somebody that's ungodly in a hospital let them know that we love you and we're praying for you? Don't you think that's tickling old devil to death, Brother Sean? You better know that it is. Matter of fact, that he's happier than a pig in mud because we're sitting here doing what he would have us to do and living an ungodly life, being there for our brothers and sisters in Christ, knowing that we should be there, but yet we still sit back and let the world tell us what we can and can't do. I remember when, I may get this wrong, when Marjorie was in the hospital, Dean, you was there. Boys, well, you told me, they ain't going to let you go up. <laughs> no way. That's anyhow we work and do things. That's my sister up there, and I need to go pray with her and let her know that we're loving, we're caring for, and we're praying for her. And I'm not going to let man sit there and tell me that I can't go up there. Now, if I have got to substitute myself with this fellow right here, so be it. But I'm going to find a way. I, let me tell you another good thing Kathy done just not long ago. And this ain't going to send us to hell, so don't worry about me telling you this. Nowadays, you've got to make an appointment to go to Dollywood. Now would be a good time to say amen. So Kathy tried for two or three days to get online and make an appointment because, you know, you pay $1,396.62 for these passes. You want to go to Dollywood once or twice a year. So she tried to go online where we could go. Well, she couldn't. So we thought, we'll go anyway. <laughs> get up out right of the gate, show them our pass. He said, do you have your reservation? Yeah? No? And Kathy said, no, we didn't make one. So, so, so he wasn't going to let us in. And I'm sitting there thinking, this ain't right. Because I could see the park lot in front of me, Brother Clarence, was empty. So it wasn't at full capacity, Brother Ron. It just, there was a certain amount of number that wasn't in there. I'm sitting there thinking, this ain't right. He said, you go over and turn left go back out of there because you ain't left going. So when I pulled out, I didn't cut left. I kept going straight. Lord, forgive me. I kept going straight. And went in there, I guess who we got in without no trouble. And we might have made different arrangements, but we got in. We didn't hurt nobody. But see, the point I'm trying to make is simply this. They was telling us that we couldn't do something knowing good and well that it ain't right for not let's do that. We paid the price. 
to be able to go to that park. I mean, that's just the way it is. They've got their money. They've already uh, went and had a good time on whatever they do with our money we send in. And it's just like the people in our hospitals today. Listen, we have got to make an effort to go visit them because can you imagine what a lonely place that is laying back there in that hospital by yourself and not being able to see nobody, a, a friendly face or somebody knowing that somebody's praying for you? Do you realize how hard that is? Listen, we have not been there yet. But one of these days that the world keeps going the way it's going and society tells us that we can't go visit our are people in, that's from our church anymore and we can't go to the hospital. How sad a place is it going to be when this world is all said and done? Yeah. And still the old devil's still sitting back here laughing because he's keeping us from doing what God has put in our hearts to do. Simple, just a simple little thing like that. But you know, that little thing, one of these days is going to be a big thing. And we're going to sit back here and we're going to scratch our head. We're going to think, man, what happened? How come we can't go visit nobody in the hospital no more? Well, I remember back probably about 35 years ago when, when that virus, that coronavirus or whatever that was, come through, and that sort of stopped it then. They just, they just kept that, and now you can't go visit no more. I'm going to say that's ungodly. We should have the right to go visit somebody that you love in a hospital. I can't imagine having your spouse there on her deathbed and Carla not being able to go see them. Wouldn't that be hard? But you know, that's the way it is, Dean. And if this world keeps going the way it's going, that's what the world is going to show us, that we can't do that no more. And we're going to be okay with it. Well, you know, it don't matter if you take prior schools. We'll still have prior in church. Yeah. If indeed there's still a church. See, when we leave this earthly tabernacle, there's nothing. Except hopefully a glorified body one day. And that's all we hope to get out of this. In the ninth verse, he tells us, Wherefore we labor, that whether we're present or absent, we be accepted of him. Church, what have I been telling you the last few minutes? If we're not doing God's work, how are we going to be accepted of Him? Because Apostle Paul is just telling the church simply this. It don't matter whether you're, whether you're here on earth or, or, you're, or you're standing up there around the throne of grace. We've got to still be doing God's work. We've got to be doing what God would have us to do. Because if we're not doing this, this, this don't mean nothing. We're just a social club. We're, we're a bunch of players that's wanting a trophy at the end of the day. And that ain't what this is about. There's no reward here on earth for us to accept. Our reward is in heaven. And it's going to overflow when we get there. What's it going to look like? Well, he's given me a little bit of sign what it's going to look like, but I don't know for sure. But one of these days we will. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we will be accepted of him. If you'll go over, he'll also write in that same chapter this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. If we be in Christ, we're a new creature. Old things, it says old things are passed away and behold all things are become new. 
Ain't that the promise he made us when we accepted Christ right here as our Lord and Savior? When, when he drawed us from these pews, if indeed that's where he drawed you from, uh, and when your knuckles were so white, when you was holding on to that pew, that, that said, you just, I'll do it next time he touches my heart, Brother Clarence. I can't go this time. I've got a death grip on this right here, and I'll just be honest with you, there ain't no turning loose. I'll do it the next time. What would you ask, Brother brother Sean? Do you know where you're going if you die today? Did you miss that ship when it was getting ready to set sail? When you sat back there knowing good and well, you had a seat on that ship, but you refused to go get on it. When he calls and he touches your heart, that you that when you fall under conviction that you need to be saved by the marvelous grace of God, you need to be going. And it don't matter if you got it wrong the first time. Do it till you get it right. Because this feel-good salvation is becoming pretty prominent in the world today. They'll tell you they've been saved, but they can't even spell it, let alone be it. That's what it's come to. It's feel-good salvation. Is it going to get you to heaven? Are you confident that it'll get you there? That's the title of my message today. Are you, con- are you sure? Are you absolutely sure? that, that or, or are you positive you've done enough? If I've accepted Christ and I believe, yeah. That's enough, Sean, because that's what Scripture tells me. But if there's fine print to be read, I'd pray he'd ask us to do more. Not so much for him, but for ourselves. Because at the end of the day, church, that's where it's going to show up at, in ourselves, in our walk with the Lord. Trust and obey. What songs are in our walk with the Lord? That's all we got to do. I tell you, he, you may feel like he's not holding your hand every step of the way, but he's there for you. You know, they came out with a picture and a saying a few years ago where there's only uh, one set of footprints in the sand. And the statement was made that, where was you at? And he said, I was there. I was carrying you. See, we wouldn't send the picture. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 14, it says, For we are made partakers of Christ. In other words, we're part of Christ. He wants us to live. He wants to be like Him. If you want to be like somebody, don't want to be like some pro basketball player or some pro football player or or whatever. Be like Christ. (coughs) That's good enough. He says, For we are made partakers of Christ, and if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast till the end, we we shall make it. To where our goal is. That's heaven bound. I didn't change my way of life because I was a sinner, Brother Sean. I changed my way of life because I was a sinner. And I'm still a sinner today. But I have faith. Not with these eyes, but with my heart. That he forgives me for all the sins I commit. Because one day, he's going to give me my reward in heaven. Ma'am, I'll come to the piano if you would, please. I'm just about done. I want to ask you this morning, are you confident? Are you sure? Are you positive? Now, now confident is is an adjective. And, And I don't know any other adjectives that go with that, but that's good enough. Are you absolutely sure that you're going to heaven when you die?
And when I'm asking you, I'm not asking you. I'm asking the church. Because there's not nobody in here that I know one day is going to be standing beside side in heaven one of these days. We're all on the same train. We're going to the same place. Our destination is the same. Ain't going to be no more stops. We're not going to have no layovers. It's going to be one way. Ticket. And God's plans is for us. In our churches today, there are so many. There's so many that are accepting the ways of the world. Did you hear where they're accepting that at, Sean, in our churches? They're accepting our, the ways of the world in our churches. Why did other preachers come before the other preachers and was preaching against what they were preaching? They were false teachers, false prophets. That's what they were. Prophets were preachers. That's what's going on in our world today. And I don't have to tell you that. You know it. If you ever have an opportunity to lead somebody away from that, don't ever miss that opportunity. You never know what you might say to them may make a difference. Because our world is full of sin. It's so full of sin, we have got to discern one from the other these days. Because we don't know. We just don't know how to, how to, how to get around all of it anymore. Now, see, I, I can't go to confession every day and get my sins forgiven on a regular basis because, well, I'd have to make a standing appointment. Ray, and my ninth appointment would be every day, seven days a week. That's who'd be sitting in that chair. Because I sin every day. God knows that. Let's stand if we would. My desire is simply this. That we do and walk our utmost most best when it comes to serving God in heaven. And sort of take the things of the world and sort of put them beside behind us just a little bit. And walk the way the Lord would have you to walk. You know, there's some things we ain't going to be able to do because of that. But you know, that's okay. It ain't nothing that you need anyway. Remember, God don't make no mistakes. Dean, when he called you and touched your heart to be a deacon, and, and he pressed on you that, you, that that's, a, that's a part that you need to play here in the church and, and take care of the spiritual things of the church, he wasn't because he didn't have nobody else to give it to. He knew you had that calling, just like he called me as one time a deacon. Brother Tony and anybody else, Brother Gene and, and Ron, everyone else has called us a deacon. He expected us to take care of the, the spiritual needs of the church. Because you're the church. And when, he, when I announced my calling to preach and I was ordained as a minister, he wouldn't have sat back our Brother Sean on the pews and not do nothing. He, he did that for a reason. Go out and preach the word. You know, that's the problem these days. People don't hear the word no more. They want somebody that looks good behind the pulpit. <laughs> I'm two for two so far. <laughs> Preach the word and look good. <laughs> okay, if I got anything else, Tony, is that it? Let it go that's probably it right there. <laughs> well, that's the two main things. 
heard a man told me once I was doing a tower out Crossville when I was in the tower division, when the cell tires was starting up and, and I was going from state to state and town to town putting up cell tires. And I talked to a man out there. I said, you just having church? And he said, no. So the pastor's computer went down. He said, he lost his message. I ain't that's just at, I'm telling start my damn Lord. I said, You gotta be kidding me. He said, Yeah, our pastor he gets his messages off the internet. And what he does, he'll pull the messages off and, and whether it's somebody else's message or somebody else's thought or whatever, he'll take that and, and, and hone it just a little bit and suit it to where it suits his way of preaching. And that's how he brings his message. And, and his computer went down. He ain't got nothing. Yeah. Now, that's what it's coming to. It is. It's what it's coming to. Sean wore, Clarence wore a dying breed. Get ready. You think that's where Paul made the statement he'd have us not be ignorant? When I sit down and read scripture, I look for what God puts on my heart to preach. And I don't know where it's going to be from one day to the next unless you're doing a series. And then if you know if you're doing a series, you know where to go and, and sort of study and pray about Because the main thing of, the, of what I'm talking about is praying about everything that we preach about. And he lays that thought on our heart. And when he lays that thought on our heart, he'll, he'll get you into scriptures and he'll show you what you need to be preaching. Not that we have to hear it or not, or we need to hear it. He just wants us to hear it. Does he know we all censure? He knows that. But he also knows we believe. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. And I'm confident of this. The willing to rather be absent from this old body is to be present with the Lord. Present with the Lord.